Okay, Open Doors Q2 is in. Uh, Tyler, let's break down the numbers. Yeah, so homes sold came in at 10,482. Uh, homes purchased were 14,135. Revenue was 4.2 billion, which was up uh, over 250% year over year. And then gross profit was nearly 500 million uh, for an adjusted gross profit margin of 13.2%, uh, which is only 20 basis points shy of uh, absolute best numbers since they've been a public company. Um, and then what was actually the best was contribution profit. Uh, contribution profit of 422 million was a record actually for the company. Speak a little bit about how, why these past three months have been a little bit weird compared to what we were actually looking towards. Yeah, so Open Door Management, um, at least at the end of Q1, mentioned that you know they do expect a housing downturn uh, for the market. And so as a result, they became pretty conservative with their offers and their acquired inventory uh, in Q1. And that, that sort of manifested as higher than expected, super normal profits for Q2. And so, you know, that's that's really what drove such powerful volume, uh, gross margin expansion in Q2, especially relative to their peers, Offerpad and Redfin. So as for Wall Street's prediction on Open Door, how, do, how does Datador compare to them? Yeah, so I think I think Wall Street was a little surprised at how many homes Open Door actually purchased in the quarter. Home purchases are really tough to track, and so I, I don't blame them their difficulties with that. But you know, home purchases, Open Door ended up purchasing three and a half thousand more homes than they sold in the quarter, and I think that that sort of came to a shock to a lot of the Wall Street analysts. Uh, we were two point seven percent off in our estimate. Uh, for homes purchased for the quarter, so we were we were pretty much right on. Do, do you think the thesis has changed for Open Door uh, in the past three months, or has it changed your way of viewing the company at all? I don't. I don't think the thesis has changed at all. What What's so difficult about this time is is the speed and amplitude from peak to trough. So peak euphoria, hottest real estate market of all time, to now we're seeing the the fastest cooling real estate market of all time, and so. Open door participating, you know, in, in in those market dynamics, it's a really challenging time to be buying and selling homes at scale. And so I don't think it changes the thesis, but but there's definitely going to be some damage as a result of, of operating in this market. And I think open door for all their data and all of their advantages and conservative positioning, you know, I, I think they they themselves could not adjust with the agility required. Um, for a market that cooled that fast for Fed, you know, uh, raising uh, rates to the peak that they did. I mean, I, I don't think anyone expected mortgage rates to hit 6%. No, the thesis doesn't change because of these extreme circumstances. Would I have liked Open Door to navigate this turbulence a little bit more gracefully? Yes. Speaking of this turbulence, from peak to trough, can you speak to how like crazy of a scenario this actually was in the past three months? I read a study the other day that, that said that home prices uh, deteriorated by 11% in one month. I haven't seen that corroborated, but just as a or food for thought, that would be the fastest that homes have depreciated in any period that I've ever seen in U.S. residential real estate history outside of the Great Depression. Uh, that That's an absurd number. Like it never reached that much, even in the depths of uh, the great financial crisis, you know, a little over a decade ago. And so if that truly did happen, frankly, it's amazing that that Open Door has uh, has positive gross profit <laughs> margins right yeah, now. Yeah, because it's like the, um, the greatest stress test of their model. Right, exactly, and and I think 
you know, if you're investing in open door or you're investing in residential real estate, that's like a, you know, that that's a situation that you, you can't really predict, but also you shouldn't need to, right? Like the number of times that people have said, oh, home prices, they, they might fall 20%, the, the doomsday catastrophists who, who yell that. It sounds crazy because it's never happened before. And then we have this, this month period where we go from straight up into the right to straight down. It seems like things are stabilizing and that, that that's probably going to be a one-time event. Uh, but it's it's pretty wild uh, and, and obviously has, has negative impact on Open Door's business model. Speak to what happened when the we don't know exactly how, how far it crashed in total. You said 11%. I know everybody has a different number. But the actions that Open Door took during that time, they had the option that they could cancel the contracts, but they didn't. Can you speak a little bit about why? And w- one of the aspects of Open Door's business that I've commented on a lot is they they need to have a sterling brand and reputation uh, to sort of realize their ambitions and the scale that they want to achieve. Part of that means that an offer from Open Door is a promise and a guarantee. In the depths of COVID, they canceled a few offers and they felt like it had a really detrimental impact on their brand because it was a time that consumers probably needed equity the most. And so in this dislocation, they made the decision to maintain those offers and honor them. Um, with the hopes that that brand building uh, will pay dividends down the road. I I see that Eric Wu, the CEO, actually started talking about what you've been talking about for a while, and that's Open Door Exclusives. How was that listening in on the call? Yeah, I mean, that that was really exciting because Open Door functionally is, is a product that helps homeowners sell their home, right? Like today, that is iteration 1.0 of Open Door. But the secret to unlocking the scale that we've talked about for this company is to innovate in the buy side to the point where they own that part of the transaction as well, because then they can marry that to the sell side equation. That's something that I've, I've talked about for a long time, right? It's like connecting two very critical flywheels. But Eric Wu, most of his focus in the company right now is on solving the buy side, right? Because there's it unlocks so many opportunities, right? You you unlock uh, ancillary services, right? So it's much easier to attach a mortgage, title and escrow, uh, homeowners insurance, home warranty, renovations, moving, all of those ancillary services if you own the buy side of the equation. And that's really important for their gross profit margin targets long-term. But then there's also the opportunity for a capital light third-party marketplace. And that's really the the open door 3.0, right? Like that's that's not the next step, but the step after that is if open door can be a marketplace where, you know, homeowners come and they pay open door a listing fee of a thousand, you know, 1% to 1.5%, whatever it is, but they bypass the need to pay commissions to the buying agent and the selling agent, which are around 6%, then suddenly you have this really unique aggregated inventory and once supply or sorry, once demand follows that, I mean, that's that's the next big tech company. And that's Open Door. Data Door actually measures the exclusives side of Open Door. Did we get any information from Eric Wu or the company? Yeah, so they, they didn't release any data on on like the actual performance of exclusives. But we feel we feel really confident about our accuracy um, for our exclusive product. Or you think that next quarter they will, since they just started advertising it? I don't I don't think so actually, because they don't they don't break out much more mature businesses such as Title and Escrow. They've only done that one time where they said, you know, in all of 2021, this is the total number of title and escrow products that we've attached. 
exclusives is still very small. But fortunately, we don't have to depend on Eric Wu to do that. You can just go to Datadore and look it up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so for as of guidance for Open Door, coming from this weird place, what do you think is going to happen in the next three months? So we can kind of break down the guidance. Open Door guided for 2.2 to 2.6 billion in revenue for Q3, and they also guided for adjusted EBITDA of negative 125 million to negative 175 million. So 2.4 billion and negative 150 million uh, for revenue and adjusted EBITDA at the midpoints. It's quite a sequ- sequential downturn uh, when it comes to performance for the company, right? They've been adjusted EBITDA positive for quarters now. You know, when you're looking ahead about what Open Door has to do, the big problem is actually sales volume, right? Because they have all these fixed costs in their business that they need to be at a certain scale for them to break even. Open Door exited the quarter with 17,000 homes in inventory, but it's actually going to take them more than a quarter to sell that number of homes. That would be a record number of homes sold for a quarter anyways. Mm-hmm. But based on their current revenue guidance, what they're actually guiding for is a little over 5,000 to 6,000 homes sold. And their adjusted EBITDA target suggests that they think that they're going to have a gross profit margin of 6%. Both of those would be material deceleration in performance for the company. What, what do you think we should be focusing on to verify and just confirm the thesis in the next three months? Should we be looking for growth? Should we be looking for stickiness? What, what is it that's the magic thing that we should be looking at? What I want to see, what I think is most important is a resumption of, of sales volume. So uh, we saw a trough in sales volume in the months of July and August. What I need to see is that September begins ramping back up to more normalized levels. And, and the reason for that is, as I already mentioned, they have to reach enough volume that they overcome their fixed costs. And if they can do that, there's actually a shot of, of having a pretty decent quarter and not and not losing as much money. So yeah, so volumes I think are most important. We already know that margins are gonna suffer as a consequence of, of home price depreciation and them probably overbuying inventory at peak levels. But if they can have enough volume, that might compensate a little bit and, and bring up their bottom line. Do you guys have like a margin of error? And if so, do you take the conservative side of that? Or how, how does Datadore pump out these these numbers? Roughly 60 days into the quarter, it's like 55 to 60 days into the quarter. We have estimates that at least for the past three quarters have been within single digit percentage points of actual results. And so we don't actually need the third month of performance we don't need to see it for us to, to feel really confident about our estimates. The one caveat to that is purchase data, right? Like the way that purchase data happen, we need a little bit more time for that, but all the other metrics that we would look at, so revenue, home sold, gross profit, gross margin, uh, mean home price, holding time, all of those figures we have a pretty good handle on only 60 days into the quarter. And that's pretty powerful uh, considering mm-hmm. that you know we know the future long before it happens, right? So we'll, we'll know earnings, or at least we have historically uh, had, a, had a pretty good estimate of earnings roughly two months before the earnings announcement. Good. Um, and then I also have to bring up the wild card and that's Zillow partnership. Um, how... How surprised were you? That is a that is a blockbuster announcement. It, it the, the implications of it are, are pretty wide reaching. I, th- I think it's a net positive for both companies, but it's really a joining of two behemoths in the space, right? Like Zillow is the most iconic, largest 
real estate platform in the world without any question, multiples larger than, than anything close. And Open Door is also multiples larger than the next closest iBuyer. And so the merging of these two, despite them historically having actually a pretty decent uh, competition, is fascinating. Eight months ago, nine months ago, Zillow lost $880 million in the iBuying space, and now they're partnering up with Open Door. How, how is this partnering? Is this... Is this like all web-based? Is Am I going to get like notifications if I sign up for Zillow about Open Door? Do you know how this is going to work? So the, the real partnership here is that Zillow is allowing homeowners to get an offer from Open Door through the Zillow platform. And so what that means is that it adds more eyeballs for Open Door's purchase business, right? So the flagship product sell to Open Door. That's where Open Door is going to get a lot more consumers to their funnel. So it's not going to help Open Door with sales volumes, like the resale side or having consumers buy from Open Door. That's that's completely separate to this. It should decrease Open Door's CAC to acquire customers who want to sell their house to Open Door. So, and I do know that like Open Door has their own reserves of cash that they fire out to buy these homes. I, I guess since you have a bigger top of funnel with the Zillow partnership, does that mean that the algorithm has a better choice of houses it can choose from? Maybe the quality goes up in the next three quarters? How do you mean? So I assume that uh, Open Door buys homes based on its like cash reserves and then uh, of course the debt. So it, it can't just buy every home. It has to be picky. And when you have to be picky, you only have a, a, an amount of homes to pick from. But I guess this Zillow partnership will open up the top of funnel, giving them mm. more access to more numbers of homes to choose from. So hopefully the, they can be pickier. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I think that's a really that's a really interesting idea, and I that, that actually yeah resonates with me. I think if Open Door is constrained by the number of, of homes that it, that it can give offers to, and suddenly now with a Zillow partnership, it's it has access to 10x the number of, of customers, maybe they can be pickier uh, about uh, the total number and yet still have higher volumes. Mm. That's actually a great idea. Yeah. Open door could be pickier about which homes they, they end up buying because they have a, a huge pool to choose from. So scale one to 10, this Zillow partnership, how crazy awesome is this or where does this fall on the spectrum of good news for open door? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's good news for both companies. Zillow is going to benefit because they're going to take a cut from every home sale uh, that they sort of refer. And then also it gets Zillow back into the sell side of the equation, right? Zillow left the sell side equation and they know that they have to get back into it. And so this is a really capital light way of doing that. The customers that get an offer from Open Door through the Zillow platform, Zillow is going to try to get in front of that consumer when they buy their next home. And so it's, it's this really interesting way of if you can't beat them, join them, but it does work out for Zillow. The other thing, Zillow structured this deal so that they can buy a large number of open door shares, prices between $15 and $30 over the next five years. And so what that means is if open door stock goes above $30, then Zillow can buy shares for more cheaply than they're worth in the open market. And so that kind of tells us two things. One, Zillow believes that Open Door is here to stay and they're investing in that opportunity. But two, that Zillow thinks that Open Door should be valued a lot higher than it is today, right? $30 is 7x, uh, a little bit less uh, from today's prices. And so, you know, if that happens over the next five years, that's a that's a pretty pretty good investment. <laughs> I, love, uh, I love the fact that we're talking about that Zillow can value Open Door accurately, but no, not homes. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I guess your opinion has changed of Zillow in the recent in the recent eight months. <laughs>
Yeah, <laughs> I think um, I, I, I think, and this is probably shared with with a lot of people, either at Open Door or ex Open Door employees. When you dominate a niche area that you created and you invented, and a company that you look up to that sort of was a pioneer for the prop tech space in a different industry, doing something different. Um, but when they decide to enter your field and now you're told by everyone around you that you're going to lose to this incumbent, that, that they're going to eat your lunch and they're going to do what your specialty is better than you. I think that probably grates on people's egos and kind of how they view themselves. And so understandably, there's, there's a lot of competitive uh, spirits between the two companies. And I think as an open door bull and as someone who follows the space really closely, I've been skeptical of Zillow being able to do (laughs) eye buying from day one. But I think to your point, yeah, we're probably gonna have to be a little bit friendlier to, uh, to, to the company moving forward because they've seen the light, right? Like we're all, we're all team open door and, and, uh, you know, with, with Zillow partnering with them, I think, I think I'm excited for that. Like that's, that's, that's great news. Uh, let's talk about the FTC finding open door. What do you, what are your first thoughts about that? Uh, when we had our spaces the other day, I thought one of the guys on the, on the meeting made a really great point about sort of early stage tech companies and why this type of event might happen. Cause clearly it's a black eye for the company. Clearly, you know, 62 million is, is a material sum of money. And I, I'm sure if you follow the company at all, you've seen some real estate professional posting, uh, that open door is being deceptive all over social media. And the basics of it is that the FTC accused open door not being honest about the economics of their offers of, of over promising and under delivering when it came to the actual value that that open door was providing homeowners and this happened years ago right this is like four to five years 2016 ago to in open doors i think yeah yeah exactly and and so what what came up during our conversation the other day was that this actually happens all the time from for for marketing teams at early stage growth companies is their growth at all costs, right? Like they're they're being paid based on click-through rates, based on conversions, et cetera. And so they're just trying to to make to, to close sales. And that can sometimes result in uh, marketing tactics that are gonna be looked down on by uh, regulatory agencies. And so as a company matures in their life cycle and they, they kind of get to the point where they have legal counsel and compliance and, and all these important functions that begin to look rather from the core of the business to actually how we're selling things, it's like, oh, we, we can't actually do this. We can't, we can't say these things. You know, for a company that's buying and selling American homes, I think the FTC decided that they needed to bring the hammer down and hard and make an example of the largest player in the space. While I, I hate to see it and, you know, you never want to be under the microscope with, with regulators, um, I think it's understandable why it happened. And it seems like Open Door has taken important steps to avoid such such a thing from happening again. They recently hired a new chief legal officer and um, I think their marketing has been very careful uh, since that time to make sure that that they're not over-promising something that, that isn't true. I will say this is an emotional space and the lobbyists uh, who, who might be against open door are people that have a lot of power in general, right? Like they, they have social standing. Do I think that regulatory action is over or that there's not going to be any more road bumps? 
No. I think that Open Door is probably always going to be villainized by the professionals it might be displacing. And, and so that's why you need to be really conservative. You need to be proactive and aggressive about your legal team. And, and it seems like that's what they're doing. All right. So uh, looking forward to Q3, Datadoor, what, what type of stuff is Datadoor measuring? What could people expect if they go to the homepage and sign up for Datadoor.io? Yeah. So for our Adam subscribers, we're actually beginning to release Q3 data uh, Monday. So August 8th. Um, and what you're going to see is uh, what you're going to be able to monitor is that sales volume figure that I was talking about and also gross margin um, alongside things like market by market data, open door exclusives products and how that's scaling. Um, and then we also have uh, a new listings feature we're going to launch for the Atom subscribers here soon. Any, any, uh, any, can, can we talk about that or, or is it a secret? Uh, so we we can talk about it we can talk about it at, at some point in the future i think it's it's still under wraps and, and sebastian and i are working really hard on it but um but it's going to be exciting right like it's it's a really great forward looking indicator for the company and and as i wrote about in the in the, the phoenix article on datador it's really important to understand actually how how future sales are going to look margin wise Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you want the latest Open Door news before it breaks, consider subscribing. Also, why wait three months for Q3 results when Datador IO gives you stats right now? So go visit the website, sign up, see what's available right now. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon.